So, the three wise men. Because we don't know that there were three, we just got three gifts. It could have been 30. We don't know that they were men either. Well, we do because we assume everyone's a man unless we're told differently. That's the kind of culture we live in, isn't it? And they weren't any different then. But we don't know. And we don't really know if they were wise, do we? I mean, we often assume that power and wealth and wisdom go together. We've been very keen in many of our democracies to elect rich people because we figure that if they're rich, they must be smart. And if they're smart, they must be wise. There's a very tenuous link between each of those, really, isn't there? We do know that these people were, because the original text says they were magi, or in the, in, in the singulars, magus. They were a kind of a combination between religious and philosophical scholars and scientists in a time when there wasn't any real difference between those things, which there wasn't in any, any cultures, really up until, in Western culture, up until the Enlightenment. The idea was that those things were put together. And in fact, many of the Enlightenment scientists uh, that we know of didn't really differentiate, Newton um, being one of them, that didn't really differentiate between science and religion and philosophy. They were all an exploration of the way the world is. On the surface of it, these guys were not wise. Look what they do. They go to Herod, who's the vassal king of the Romans. He's there only on the grace of the Romans, and he'll only remain there as long as he keeps peace, which in Rome meant quietness, didn't mean peacefulness, it just meant no noise, no messing around, we don't have to think about it. As long as he did that, he could stay there. And Herod was well known across the Eastern world. He was known for his brilliant feats of architecture. And you know where the money came from for that, don't you? From the poor and the peasants' classes. He was known for paranoia and he was known for cruelty all across the world. How about that on your CV? Architect, paranoid, cruel, immensely cruel. So they go to one of the cruelest and most paranoid rulers in the East and they say, drop dead. Because when you say, where's the king? We remember that old saying, the king is dead, long live the king. They're essentially going to Herod and say, look, there's another king you're done with. Now why anybody would do that to anyone with total power over life and death, particularly someone as paranoid as history tells us Herod was, doesn't strike me as essentially a wise thing to do. They come across a little bit as the kind of, the the movie version of a scientist who's got mad hair and sometimes forgets to wear trousers because they're so focused on their experiment. Now, I did know a scientist a little bit like that. He was a, he was a, sign, a scientist uh, with the CSIRO and, and, and he often uh, forgot not to wear clothes, but he would often forget that he was at a special scientific event and he would come in literally paint-stained T-shirts and shorts. And if you pointed it out to him, his name was Chris, say, Chris, you know, you're about to give a major paper to an international forum. Oh, gosh, yeah, you're right. But he was so focused he didn't notice it. These guys come across 
a little bit like that. But it's strange because they're deeply involved in the politics of the Middle East. Scientists, scholars, people like this travel all over the place to do these kinds of things. And in many ways they're like the rest of us. They're seeking to understand and glean some sort of meaning and purpose out of a chaotic universe. And the stars gave the ancients a very interesting way of trying to imagine the world because they never seem to stay the same. As you look up into the night sky, it changes all the time. But it seems to change with a kind of a pattern. And if you assume that the earth is not the centre of the universe, as many ancients did, they didn't all assume that the earth was the beginning and the centre of everything, you can start to make sense out of the patterns of the universe. And we, we do now, don't we? We give the stars patterns and we, we, we have um, the, uh, the, the bull and we have the crab and we imagine that we can make these shapes out uh, in the stars in the sky. They were trying to do what we're trying to do all the time, which is make sense out of chaos. Make a life that has meaning and purpose out of a world that seems to have none. And if you've been in the hills this week or in New South Wales in the last few weeks, there seems to be no pattern to anything. Houses that were burnt to the ground standing next to houses that were completely unscathed. Farms that were completely wiped out next to farms that managed to miss it all. There's no pattern that you can discern. So these guys go and see a baby. They've discerned a pattern in the stars that they figure has something to do with this ancient story that they had read about a new king. And you can imagine in a world where kings hold the power over everything, the desire, the hope that one day one of these turkeys will turn out to not be a turkey. One of these people will turn out to know how to lead, will turn out to know how to care for people, will turn out to know how to do justice. But don't we long for the same thing? Every few years we troop to the polls and we look at the bunch of people that have been put before us and we think, which one of these, not which one of these will be the saviour, but which one of these will do the least damage in the next four years? Which one of these can I possibly manage to put up with? That's the kind of position we often find ourselves, don't we? So we're not far from these guys. Unfortunately, when you've got a king, you've got that king for life, and life sometimes meant a long time, sometimes meant a short time because you were knifed by somebody else who thought they should be king. But each time there was the, there was the possibility, even the minute possibility, that this next one would bring the justice and the peace that we longed for. So they go, they see this baby. And that kind of sounds not so much a wisdom but desperation. I think their claim to wisdom relies and hangs on the last verse that we read. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another way. The smart decision would have been to align with power 
It's always the smart decision. Whoever's got the power, that's the person you stand next to. Look at the House of Representatives on the Republican side in the United States. Look at the Senate on the Republican side in the United States. It doesn't seem to matter what Donald Trump says or does. And in the last few days, he has said some of the most bizarre things, and that's something saying something for Donald Trump, than you could ever imagine about wind and windmills and all kinds of strange things. If you haven't seen this and you've got the courage and you've had a couple of drinks at Christmas time, you may want to have a look, but, you know, it's got, it's got a warning with it. It's easy to align with power. It's the smart thing to do. The smart decision would have been to hang with the powerful. If you're a fan of Game of Thrones, that's exactly what Game of Thrones is about for people like Lord Varus and, and, the, the, and the Maesters. They hang with whoever's in power and they pay attention to where the power is shifting and they go to that. That's the smart thing to do. But this text says they chose a different way. They chose another way. They realised somehow in this experience that they'd had of seeing this baby and of bringing their gifts that the energy and the purpose, the meaning of the universe was contained not in a palace but in a little humble house. Not in a king, but in a baby. That the real power was not the ability to destroy life, which was Herod's raison d'etre. He was the thing he was good at. And the rest of the reading, which we haven't read, goes into the horror of what Herod was willing to do. The power does not reside in the ability to destroy life, but in the energy and the resilience of new life. They left by another way. That's wisdom. Wisdom is seeing the reality of the situation and seeing deeper into the truth of it and then living that way. They had two choices. They could have gone with power. That would have been the smart thing to do. That would have been the safe thing to do. That would have been the thing to do that would have at least for a short while until they got the powerful offside That would have been the thing that kept them safe. But they chose another way. And the other thing that this text says at the very last verse that I reckon qualifies calling them wise is that they left for their own country by another way. Their own country. By choosing another way, they found the place that they belonged. They found the country of their heart, the country where the inside of them was congruent with the outside where they felt at home. And don't we long for that? Don't we long to be in this world in a way that we belong fully? This is why we love animals. Apart from the fact that some of us like to eat them, we love them because they appear to be themselves, fully contained. There's a cat that lives at my house, and when I go there, it, will, it won't even care whether I'm there or not, unless it's hungry. And it will just be there present. It won't go home this afternoon and wonder whether it's done the right thing by everybody. Wonder whether how it's going to fill the, the hours of the afternoon when it's between that gathering of family and this gathering. Neither of them are you know, going to be fully the way we want them to be and we don't know how to live. And we, No, the cat's just going to lie there and sleep. It's itself. And we long for that. This text says these men if they were men, were wise because they went by another way to their own country. They became, if you like, themselves. 
This is the heart of the story of the gospel. God comes not only to be with us in a baby, but to be in us and through us, to knit us back together into the congruence of the universe, the energy of everything. We've been um, meditating on this poem through Advent. The four, there are four Sundays in Advent and the congregation here, we've been looking at this ancient Kashmiri poem and we're going to give you a copy of it um, to take home as a Christmas gift um, because it kind of starts to speak to the sort of thing that we see in this text. That maybe these guys or girls were wise. It's a different kind of wisdom. So be it.